When I was 17, I read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. <laughs> it made an impression on me. And since then, for the past 33 years, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I am about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of October 10, 2011. This is episode 122. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing firm that puts on this podcast. Joining me today are... Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. And we're all in a state of mourning, aren't we? We are. Mm-hmm. That was really heavy news. So we're recording this podcast the day after the news that Steve Jobs passed. Mm-hmm. Yep. That really hit me hard. I was really surprised. And I heard, talked to a lot of people. And I saw this on Twitter and stuff, the irony of talking to them on my iPhone or yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, you know my totally. laptop or my iPad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I was, I was out at my kid's gymnastics class and my girlfriend was there and she said, I just saw a post that Steve Jobs died. And I'm like, no way. And we went to the local paper, nothing, and CNN had it. And I just thought, yep. there's no way. Yeah. Was, was it really not? Was it really that unexpected? Like, was he? Well, I mean, I, I don't think. I think ever since he was diagnosed with, with the cancer that he has, you know, mm-hmm. you don't typically go too far. Live through that. What he was actually the lived. Again? It, well, it was is a form of pancreatic cancer, I believe. Okay. I can't remember I can't, exactly. He had the, a transplant. Yeah, he, he got a new liver. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just it's not a cancer that you typically live. Through. Well, and he just well, resigned as CEO. When was that? Just a few weeks not ago. Too long it was ago. in August, right? Yeah, so yeah. people people thought if if you if know he's, he's done, really yeah. hung on, and if he had to take that step, that it must have gotten worse. But still, mm-hmm. I would say it was a shock to everybody. Yeah. you know, other than maybe his inner circle. Well, he's yeah. just he's not the kind of person. He's like the kind of person who's going to live forever. You don't you don't think he's going to. Here's someone who's just, you know, transformed the way we live. You don't think, you just don't really, I don't know, at least for me, you don't really imagine, you can't imagine a scenario without him being around. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, even though you know it's going to happen, you just, you can't imagine it happening. So when it, yeah, it it hit me like a ton of bricks. And he kind of stayed out of the public eye during that Mm -hmm. period of time, too. Unlike some celebrities have or famous people, so... He he became... Yeah, he was like, mind your own business. Yeah. And and a lot of... I I do respect a lot of the tech journalists um, and podcasters for respecting that. A lot of times people don't. Mm -hmm. um, Because they were like, you know, here's the news, this is what's happening, but we're not... This is all we're going to talk. We're not... You know, this is all we're going to say about it. So, yeah, I don't know. He got... He got... You know, being Steve Jobs, you're not going to get absolute privacy through something like that, right. obviously. But I think, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I think people were pretty respectful of it. Seemed like it, yeah. People just, I mean, this is how I felt. I mean, I felt sad on a couple levels. It, you know, obviously a huge Mac fan um, and recognize what he's done right. to yeah. your point, Adam. But I just think, you know, we're just in a bad state right now. I mean, I don't mean to be morose and we're going to end the <laughs> podcast on a hopefully a more positive note so we're not all just sad walking out of this. But, you know, we've gone through the toughest economic times still going through True. this, right? And, and it's not just a bad economic time. A lot of the discussion is, is this the beginning of the decline of our country? I mean, not that we're going down the tubes, but, you know, it's inevitable that some point the people on top end up moving down a few notches mm-hmm. and we're just seem to be stuck we can't figure out from a manufacturing basis from a economic basis you know jobs unemployment is just a bad time right. so to lose somebody that was an icon of what we could do as a society yeah uh, from a business perspective but from a cultural perspective how you know we ruled the world when it came to this stuff <clears throat> it's just such a terrible time to have that. It's like piling on from my perspective. And I don't see anybody else who fits that mold. And and it was because I was with somebody and I was talking about this and they were like, would you feel the same way if Bill Gates died? I'm like, no, not even close. And not that Bill Gates Hmm. isn't an icon or, you know, didn't build a a, a huge, amazing company. I just don't assign the same values to him. He wasn't an innovator. He was just a brilliant businessman. Right. Um, And it's just different. I just yeah. think it's different. And maybe that's not fair. And there may be some PC people that would, you know, <laughs> go the other way. But, but honestly, I don't think of anybody else whose loss would make me feel this way. Like, damn, that's really the last thing we needed. And that's maybe a shallow way to think about it. But I don't no, know. It just hit me I, really hard. I was just looking at Facebook and just the news and everything. I mean, I know, it, I know it's big news, but just the, you can tell the impact it's had on oh, people. Man. And I guess I am kind of surprised at the, I mean, and maybe it speaks to what you're just talking about here, is that everyone's just really hit hard by it because of that. I don't yeah, know, I mean, but I've just been really surprised yeah, by And it's not just tech people. I mean, yeah. the, the, I, the news to me was broken by my wife. She texted me um, from work and she's like, did Steve Jobs just die? And I'm like, like, no. And I was feeding my little boy and I went over and turned on the computer and it was up and it wasn't even like the big story on CNN. It was just a little breaking thing up at the top of the page. Right, and I was like, the story oh, yet. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, then that was the floodgates opened and Facebook was just and uh, tons of my friends who I don't associate with being like tech nerds at right, all. Right. Like, you yeah, know, that's just, what I mean. You know, and who don't post breaking where we're posting about this. Yeah. And it, it he mean he meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, this is for me. This is you know, I was too young to know to to have to have any emotional connection when John Lennon, you know, was was right. killed. Um, but I would have to imagine that the way I felt and still feel from this news was very similar to what people felt when felt like with that loss, or even JFK. Not to exaggerate right. things, but seriously, right. I mean, the, one of the people that texted me said, "I feel like we've lost a great leader." And you yeah. know, this isn't just a businessman. This isn't just somebody who ran a company. It's what he stood for, and yeah, uh, a and it's just is a so good many word. things. People think about like the iPod and the, the recent things, but what he did with the Macintosh. I mean, my first computer when I started my own business seventeen years mm-hmm. ago was a Macintosh Performa or something. Yeah, I mean. He revolutionized the ability for people like right. me and others 
to go out and do their own thing, mm-hmm. desktop publishing, all of that. Uh, he just he just accelerated the use of computers in everyday life in a way that I don't think people think it's about unmatched. too often these days. It's yeah. just yeah. so natural. Even if you don't use a Mac, mm-hmm. you know, he just moved things forward. Right. So, yeah, and he has so many great quotes. And these have been coming out recently, even before. But, you know, some of them I've used. Um, the one I used, in fact, we've used this with clients. Yeah. Is that, you know, simplicity is hard because we're always fighting to make right. things simpler for what we're doing with hospitals. And that's hard work. Uh, and that's what he's brought to things like the iPad and, and the mm-hmm. iPod and all that. So, and you had you posted one, you forwarded one, Adam last night, and it's a long one, but the essence of it was. Uh, well, it was from a is from a Stanford speech, and you know we were gonna you might have heard it at the beginning of the podcast, depending on which one we have uh, we put there. But um, yeah, he just acknowledges how he thinks about life now that he knows he's going to die. And he didn't ever seem like somebody who held back anyway, but to hear him talk about how now he really reevaluates, you know, not holding back, not compromising, not, you know, resting on your laurels or making decisions for the wrong reasons. But, you know, you know, your time on earth is limited. And when you know it's really limited, you know, that, that door is closing soon. Mm-hmm. Now it's you, now you're really, you really just see everything through a different lens. And it was, it was inspirational. It was right. actually a. I had a hard time posting that without getting choked up. I actually mm-hmm. had a hard time reading it again this morning without getting choked up, just yeah. reading it. Um, so I'm not even going to try to read it here. You know, we'll post a link to it. And you may have, like I said, you might have heard it already right. on the podcast here. But um, yeah, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, it's very powerful. It's hard when you're not faced with those things to, you know, I heard somebody talking on the radio about that. You know, we can all mm-hmm. take inspiration for that and can kind of put a stake in the ground and say, okay, we're going to live our lives like that. But it's hard when you're not really faced with it. Yeah. Right. But if you can, I mean, if you just always remember that he, he says something about, you know, all the things that drive us normally, the external pressures, the timelines, money, all of this stuff, none of it matters when you're facing death. It doesn't, you don't yeah. get to take any of it with you. So all you have is the ability to look back and go, yeah, I lived this the way I wanted to live it. Right. I did it the way I wanted to do it. And, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Very powerful sure. stuff. So, all right, we need to move on. We were going to talk about maybe the iPhone 4 GS, but that's probably enough Apple for <laughs> for now. Well, it's coming up. We can at least, I can at least say that I plan on pre-ordering it tomorrow. Although I don't know, it's available for pre-order tomorrow than available to actually get next Friday, whether mm-hmm. it's delivered or you can get it in the store. Um, But I'm not sure when it goes on sale or pre-order tomorrow. Is it if it's at... Midnight Pacific time. That's two o'clock in the morning our time. Although I've heard I've heard that, and I've also heard that it's um, eight o'clock a.m. Eight, which makes more sense. Uh, but Pacific time, which would be what are that ten o'clock our time? <laughs> Dude, you're hilarious. I know. Are we really having this conversation? Yeah. Right no, now? this sucker is gonna. I mean, I don't know. We don't. Let's not get into it now. I've been seeing some things where, where people are disappointed in it, and for yeah, for reasons that aren't really about. <clears throat> the product but more about all the stuff that flew a kind of external well, expectations the, it, let's not get into it now no but it, what we can say is it's like a movie that gets hyped and right. then once it comes out it's like oftentimes still a great movie but it's like something wasn't included right people expect you know new crazy beautiful and it because it looks exactly the same i think that's right. the number one reason but mm-hmm. but we can break it down we'll do that we'll do that maybe next time 
Maybe when you have your iPhone. Yeah, once you have it, that would be good. Because you know what? It'll this is what shows. I want to talk about now, but I want to know if it really works as Siri because it was the video on that voice capability just seems amazing if it really works. Right. Yeah. Or if it's like we joked, like Google voicemail where it <laughs> translates things and, you know, it's like, hi, this is Chris. I don't like America. Or the <laughs> socks are in my face. <laughs> <laughs> or like now when you try to use voice control once in a while and it's like, call so-and-so. Right. And also it starts dialing somebody else. You're like, shit, stop. No. <laughs> You're like trying to get their phone to quit dialing. We have a good time with that with the navigation system in my car because it's voice controlled. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like, what city, please? Burnsville. Barnesville. No. <laughs> Burnsville. Breakville. No. <laughs> and it, it'll go on and the kids are in the car and they're just laughing hysterically. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. I want to talk about, um, we have one big talker and then um, we'll go to something fun so we can end on a, a fun note. So this was a story that came out yesterday on the Health Leaders Media uh, marketing blog mm-hmm. from Anna Webster. And it's called Claiming Marketing Seat in the C-Suite. Uh, and I and I just think this is first of all they do a really good job of providing some data to back up a lot of the things that we say and believe and I'll read some of that um, and the story is mainly about how to you know it kind of uses a a fun framework to talk about this which is like a dinner party uh, and marketing is often the host at the hospital dinner party uh, meaning they're the ones inviting people in but also cleaning up the messes. Um, but the problem is, they're, but they're not around to actually plan the party. That's kind of the, the analogy, the metaphor. That's yeah, good. Uh, and yeah. so here are some of the statistics that I think aren't surprising to us, but are just sobering. So this is from their 2011 Health Leaders Media Industry Survey. So they go out and they they survey industry leaders, as the as it just said, <laughs> the Office of Redundancy and repeating things. So. Of 493 respondents to this survey, only 27% identified the chief marketing officer as a role represented on the senior executive team. Eight other titles were ranked higher than CMO. Can we go through those? So CEO, COO, CFO, CFO, chief nursing officer, (laughs) chief medical officer. Chief development officer? Is that different? There probably isn't a lot of chief development officers. Um, IT, HR, HR, yeah. So CIO, CTO is that what Chief Technology Officer is? Would be CIO, same thing. Information, yeah, okay. Um, Chief Nursing. How many is that? that? That's about seven, Mm -hmm. right? Seven. I mean, I can't even come up with what the eight. We're probably missing an obvious one, right? Probably facilities, maybe. Maybe. I don't know operations. It could be. It could be foundational kind of stuff, but that would be surprise me. If that was at a strategic planning. So anyway, we can't even name what the hell the other <laughs> eight are. We okay, Adam? Yeah. Okay. So, so that's one. Here's another one. <clears throat> the percentage of C-suite industry survey respondents, so these are people that are already in the C-suite, mm-hmm. who rated their marketing team's efforts as high value, okay? 37% of CEOs said their marketing efforts were of high value, 24% of board directors, 22% of CFOs, 18% of physicians, 10% of staff, and 10% organization-wide. So, it's pretty low. fellas and gals, <laughs> 10% of your organizations believe you add high value. Yeah. A third of your CEOs. That is pretty sobering. That's just, just bad. Which is why we're like, and I'm going to read 
I'm going to read an inspirational. This is why we think we need to transform what we do, right? So there's some good quotes in here. Um, let's see. John Luganbill from Heavyweights, who I actually just met on Twitter this week. Uh, he's the CEO of Heavyweights, which is an Indiana-based marketing communications firm. The goals of marketing and the CFO are aligned, which is true, though rarely is it seen in that perspective. You're, you're about to become the CFO's best friend if you learn how to contribute to their margin. This is the challenge we face. Yep. I think that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, so just scary things. So what, what's our advice for this? I was just how to say. get at the table. <laughs> I mean, I've got some. I'm going to read from the. I'm going to read from the book of Joe. Huh. What's that? <laughs> the book of Joe. Joe that Public doesn't care about your title. hospital. What's that? That should have been the title. The book of Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I might have ruffled some feathers, maybe. <laughs> so the whole book, the whole book again is it's called a manifesto for transforming healthcare marketing, and it's five main changes that we think need to happen. But overall, you know, this is this is what you need to do. If you want to be at that table, I'm going to read this. I won't read the fire and brimstone, but that's how it's intended. (laughs) Those responsible for marketing hospitals, health systems, and other provider organizations must deliver more demonstrable value from their efforts than ever before. We must deliver higher volumes, physician visits, surgeries, diagnostics, market share, referrals, web traffic, social media engagement, and more. That's what John Luganbill is talking about. Mm -hmm. We must increase our results with less budget and likely fewer staff members. We must be more effective in targeting the right audience at the right time, which is where we fall down so often. We must build better, more differentiated brands. We must respond in the face of unknown or murky regulatory changes. We must be sensitive to the ongoing scrutiny of our efforts from government, the media, and the public. We must do all of this in an ever-shifting media landscape. We must transform, transform, hear me. Transform how we market our healthcare organizations. If you want to be at the table, the you got to change what you're doing. I was doing, the, tra- that, I was doing the Transformer sound. Oh, Transformer. I get it. We have to. You're just like, yeah. yeah. Don't you're, you agree? You're preaching to the choir, yes. I know. The choir needs to sing hallelujah. <laughs> you got to demonstrate your value. <laughs> but if you're not delivering value... You're not going to be at the table. (laughs) Don't you think? Yeah. So our book hopefully will help people figure out how to get to the table. Mm -hmm. And one specific way I'll I'll pull out of here, uh, chapter five, measure, measure, measure for the love of all that's holy. Measure what you're doing. (laughs) This is totally gone religious. (laughs) It is. It is like a religious belief that we have to do this. And these statistics are one more. In fact, I'm going to mm-hmm. use these, and I'm going to use them to help set up every time I talk about this. You should, yeah. Want to know why we need to transform? Because a third of your CEOs think you're providing high value. 10% of your organization. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Is that really how you want to go through life? So you've got to deliver better value, and you've got to demonstrate that. You've got to measure it. And I think that is sometimes more powerful than even what you're doing. Yeah. If you can step forward and in a transparent way say, here's what we're doing, here's the goals and how they're aligned with your business goals, and here are the results, and you own that. We've seen people in action, right, Right. who own that, 
and they own the C-suite when they do that. They're sitting mm-hmm. around a table, and the marketer owns that table. They're like everyone's best friend at the table. Yeah. Yes, because they're actually speaking mm-hmm. business speak. They're talking about the business goals of the organization, not what the newest brochure looks like, not that we've got this awesome campaign. They're talking about this is how we're impacting the bottom line. Right. Come on, rise up. <laughs> no, I believe. I, be, I believe. I brother. know you guys Amen. are believers. <laughs> you know, one, and to, to, to introduce a, a sobering or to knock, knock this whole thing down a few levels, this is something we've talked about before. And one of the challenges, I think, one of the biggest challenges is how many healthcare marketers do you think, how many people working in healthcare marketing aspired to work in healthcare marketing? That, that was their goal. I want to work in healthcare marketing. <laughs> we just heard from somebody yesterday, right? We heard from another listener. Oh, now, I don't right. have his name. I should give him a shout out. Was that marketing though? Or was that I know he was, he was in healthcare administration, but be- yeah. he said because of listening to our podcast, it got him excited about healthcare marketing. Yeah, so there's no, I one. think so. One. That's and obviously good. that's our goal. My yes. point, my point majority, in that is yeah. that I think there's a huge... I think that in general, there's kind of a lack of excitement, a lack of passion, a lack of enthusiasm from the, from this, from marketing in this industry kind of in general, which is why when you Mm -hmm. see people who are really passionate about it and excited about it, that's awesome. That's really cool. Cause I just, I mean, as we talked about before, a lot of people before, a lot of people get kind of pulled into that position, um, from somewhere else in the hospital, from some other role. Maybe they were in HR, maybe they were in administration, wherever, but they kind of end up there by, for whatever reason. Um, or it was, uh, well, it was the marketing position that was available in your area. So right. it's, you know, it's what you took because you needed a job. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting, when you look at people who are working in marketing and like General Mills or entertainment right, or right. something, Oh, that's very true. They are in a position which they may have they may be have aspired to get there. They may be aspiring to climb the ladder. Um, there are a number of you know. Whoop! There goes. Oh my <laughs> god! We're falling apart here. Sorry. There's just ahead. a number of um, variables or, or influencers that might be lighting a fire under their butt more so than in our industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that 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 in and of itself is one of the biggest challenges I think we face in you know, getting people to join this transformation. Right. Well, I think people at General Mills, I mean, they're in an environment too where, you know, they probably aspire to be in an environment where people are every, all around them are like, you know, perpetuating the... Well, it's market-driven. Yeah, it's market-driven. On every level of the organization, they recognize that. And not only do they recognize that they provide the marketers the tools to do their jobs and to measure success. Right. Where, you know, in comparison to healthcare, you know, that's, that's so not the case. No, half the time people don't even, don't have CRM systems. They have no means other than creating a spreadsheet and trying to make some stuff up, you know, or take their best guess Mm -hmm. as to what the results are of the things that they're doing. Well, I think that's a great point. I mean, if you're, if you're starting out and you love marketing, you would naturally gravitate to a place that values marketing, right? right? General Mills, Procter and Gamble, Apple, the places where they really get it and mm-hmm. understands value. I mean, that's where you'd want to be. Healthcare is not that. 
Um, the flip side of this is that if you go to those places, Apple, General Mills, Procter & Gamble, the level of accountability is ridiculously high Yeah, because they do value, they do know what they want, and you better deliver. That's the, that's the easy side of healthcare up until now. So if you end up in healthcare marketing, you're not held to the same level as somebody at Procter & Gamble or General Mills because it's not valued, it's not understood. <laughs> right. But that's changing. So, so now you are going to be held more accountable because the money just isn't there and there's mm-hmm. more and more scrutiny. So that's hard if you didn't get into it because you love it, but now you're being held more accountable for right. it. Right. Um, but I think there's plenty of people oh, for sure. that, that, you know, that do. I think you, you've, you've hit on something. Uh, but boy, for the well, people that believe in what they're doing and mm-hmm. know that it can have an impact on the organization, uh, those are the ones that are probably you know, helping lead the transformation more than others anyway. Yeah, definitely. But we hear more and more from people that are getting this and going, gosh, this, this, we just need to make these changes. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to stop the masturbatory advertising. We need to stop, <laughs> you know, relying on the same old print strategies. We need to, you know, embrace social media. We need to embrace <laughs> interactive, all those things. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Remember what Steve Jobs said, right? Which time? Yeah, which one? The, 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 the quote we were talking about earlier about, you know, live your life like this. I mean, how long do you want to go through in your job and just doing things you don't believe Getting in and aren't going to work? Right. Yeah. What is the point of that? I know it's a tough economy, and I know, you, you know, a lot of people aren't in a situation where they can just stand up and say, screw this, you know, I'm going to... But to that point, what's, what's going what's gonna to get us out of a tough economy is... is people having a fire lit having getting some passion back into their professional lives mm-hmm. and innovating and you know that's that's what's going to get us out of this slump yes you're right it's kind of a chicken and an egg though when you've got a high unemployment a tough tough economic situation people are less comfortable to take risks so they're less comfortable to stand up they're less comfortable to start their yeah. own business they're less comfortable unless you to get, innovate unless you get put into a position where it's your only option You've lost your job. You can't find another one. True. Now it's like you know what? I, I got to I got to do this on my own. I got to come up with I got to come up with something to get myself out of this slump. Yay! Sometimes when you have to do when you have to <laughs> kind of kind of like what we were talking about with Steve Jobs when he started saying certain things and when he knew that his time was limited, you know, because he, he was forced to. So when you lose your job and you can't find another one, you're kind of sometimes you're forced to do. It's like all right, this is. You were dying now. I got to I got to figure out you know, what I'm going to do here. This reminds me, and this is getting way far afield, but there was a, a, a congresswoman from Georgia who recently said, you know what we should do? We should suspend the Constitution for two years so that all the people in Congress don't have to be up for a re-election. And we can say, do what you got to do. You know, she was roundly criticized for daring to say that. But her point is exactly that. The one, the, the, probably the biggest reason our government is dysfunctional is because they don't have that attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine, imagine if the, if the next Chris Christie or Matt, Mitt Romney or Obama can't do it now, but if a Democrat ran against Obama and said, I'm running for one term, I'll sign a contract, I'm running for one term, and in that term, my sole function is to f- solve our deficit problem. That's it. I don't care about getting reelected. I don't care about special interests. I don't care who I tick off. That's it. That's the same spirit that Steve Jobs approaches life with, which is 
we need to get this stuff done. Mm-hmm. All right. We're really on a wow, yeah, this is a deep <laughs> passionate podcast, thing. Yeah. Okay, let's switch real quick so, so we can end this with some fun stuff. Fall TV schedule. <laughs> How's that for a segue? There's some awesome shows out there. You guys have favorites that are coming back or that you're looking forward to? New shows? I need to get, oh. well, mine are going to be cheese ball compared to what like the, some of the mainstream What's yours stuff like? is. Well, it's not what you've got on the list. Mythbusters. No, well, yeah, that, there's a new there's a new Mythbusters out, so I'm excited about that. The only show that I really do watch every week, Glennan, I watch is Parenthood, which no, is, I think I've is, heard that's which, really which good. is a really good show. Yeah, now that's that's, that's there's another one that's supposed to be really good. That's of a similar ilk. Yeah, it's uh, it's got Will uh, Arnett. Yeah. Oh yeah, with and Christina Applegate. Yeah. I've watched a couple, oh, one baby? episode of that, and I was laughing. Yeah, it's it supposed was, to be very funny, funny and realistic. Yeah. It was really funny. And it's up all night or something, something yeah, all something night. Like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you kind of watch like American Pickers and Storage Wars, and yes, yeah. but I like I don't, Storage Wars. Yeah, but I don't, have, I don't get Discovery, so I have to. I'm kind of stuck. Well, uh, maybe those are on iTunes too. I'll well, to Netflix, check that out. I thought they are, but it's like old. You mean stuff. Quickster? It's not the, it's not the new. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm not signing up for that crap. Um, I don't get the. Netflix is just like the previous seasons. You don't oh, ever okay. get the. So, but like with iTunes, I have the season pass for Mythbusters. So like I got an email this morning saying cost? a new episode's available. It's like 15, 20 bucks for oh, the whole season. And they're high bad. def. And you, and you, own them. you have There's it no hooked up so you can, like an Apple TV. So you yeah. can watch. Okay. Yep. Cool. That is cool. What about you, Jackie? Um, I haven't been watching much TV lately, but I do like Storage Wars. And I just recently saw an episode of Breaking Bad. I've, that's one that I've heard really good things about through the that. Shield, which is ac- was actually pretty compelling. Yeah. So I haven't seen it. I've only heard good things. Yeah, yeah. is that on Other FX? That, AMC, I think. Okay, because FX and AMC are starting to catch up with HBO. In my mind, is yeah, it unbelievable. Seems like it. Great shows. Yeah. I mean, Mad Men is one of my favorites, and that's AMC. Do you still like that? It just hasn't been on since I was like twenty five years old. I mean, I can't. It's been like two years. <laughs> Did yes. they really go on a hiatus? They went on a hiatus for like, oh, I, I think it's that. almost going to be full two years. And now there's a new season of, coming out? It's coming up, but I think it starts in January. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But I'm yeah. still trying to get through. Not, I shouldn't say it. We kind of stopped. I but we were watching too. season one, and about halfway in, we kind of fell off the wagon. So I want to get back on it. Yeah. But that's AMC um, Walking Dead. I mean, is zombies, that AMC? That's AMC. Yeah, I, wanna, I still need to watch season one, but I heard a lot of great things about season yeah. one. It's so. it's it's not like Mad. I don't think it's Mad Men good, mm-hmm. though. Its season finale was the best cable audience ever, and it really? was like double or triple Mad Men's best. It was insane. So that's good. That's called Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Okay. Um, yep. Boardwalk Empire, which is on HBO. It's HBO. You've liked that for a few years, haven't no, you? This is the second year. Okay. And it was a little slow, but this year's been. It's mob stuff. I love zombies. Somebody should do a mob zombies. <laughs> so serious. Those are my two favorite. The zombie thing is kind of zombie, zombie thing has started to kind of run its course. I mean, it's, I know, it's I get yeah, it. I know. overdone. I know. Even though now I'm playing Dead vampires. Island on my yeah, which PlayStation I, which 3. sounds good. I need to check that one out. More zombies. Um, and then last night, I've heard great things about this show called American Horror Story. Oh, yeah. I saw, that's an AMC, AMC too, right? No, that's another FX. So okay. The Shield was FX. Okay. Which I never watched when it was on, but I've been doing on Netflix, and that's that's amazing. Um, Rescue Me was FX, which I also heard was amazing. Great I didn't watch. That, well, that's yeah. been on, that's um, a long that's been on for a long time. Yeah, it's, no, it's not American Horror Story. It's amazing though. FX was like, horror, away with, right? Not horror. Horror. Okay, sure. it gets away with <laughs> darn sex and violence <clears throat> and 
swearing that I, I can't believe. I honestly now wasn't um, Nip Tuck FX? I believe so. Yeah. yeah so yeah, so people talked so. about that there too, but. I mean, the words I heard and the phrases I heard last night in the season premiere of American Horror Story, I'm like, this is, I mean, it's fine with me. I love that stuff, but it's still just, it catches my eye. And if it catches my eye, I can't imagine when Because that's like, that's not HBO or Showtime. That's like cable television. I think it gets Hmm. away with it because it's still paid for. It's not a network. Right. Which is fine. And I think, I think. Broadcast. We seem to be moving slowly to this point where this stuff is is more acceptable in the mainstream. Um, Because you hear words now, like on late night shows that you wouldn't have heard you know six yeah. seven eight you know, ten years ago yeah it's so true um, you know like well, i won't start listening off the words but <laughs> you know what they are there's yeah, words yeah. you wouldn't have heard before or innuendos or images i mean think about like violence especially man there's stuff like on oh, law yeah. and order type shows images that are like sheesh you yeah. wouldn't have seen that 10 years ago on tv which is i all of this is good i mean i'm all for artistic freedom and expression forms of this, these forms of expression Fair enough. If you is don't that, like it, don't watch it or listen, don't listen to it. Is that show with Dylan McDermott? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then the the woman was um, the woman who was on. You guys, this is probably before your time. Spin City, which I watched religiously. That was Michael J. Fox. She was on with Michael J. Fox, and she was kind of the love interest, and then eventually switched over to um, Charles Sheen. <laughs> and Heather oh, yeah. Locklear. Oh yeah. Though I think she, this woman was still on it. I don't know her name. She has red hair. Um, but it's good. I mean, it's kind of it's good. We'll see. I saw okay. some of the first episode of Terra Nova. That was called. Yeah, that looks like it's. It was really full cheesy. of cliches. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, the the. It's like kind of like Stargate meets uh, Jurassic Park, and like the only right up my alley. Yeah. The only. Yeah. <laughs> The only dinosaur thing you saw was like way toward the end. And then it was, but like all of the little storyline things yeah. were just cheesy. So cliche, like son who didn't see father forever and hates father and doesn't want anything to do with him now. And obviously that's going to turn around at some point. You have to imagine. <laughs> so it's just, it's just full of cliches. Yeah. You got to weed through a lot of crap to find the good ones. I think. Yep. Yeah. I also heard that Homeland sure. is supposed to be good with Claire Danes, but I think I missed the premiere of that. So anyway, Cool. Yeah. So lots of fun stuff ahead as the yeah. leaves turn and we <laughs> can't talk about it's, it. Looks, that it's, one thing. This year is supposed to be beautiful in Minnesota for uh, autumn. <clears throat> yeah, and it I would is. say if it's, yeah, if it, it's beautiful already. So yeah. if it's, if we're, and I don't think we're even peaked yet. No, nope. that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we better wrap it up. See you later. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Interval at Interval Chris. At AP Meyer. At Interval Jackie, I think. <laughs> I think. I use that one very often. Come to our website, check out our latest stuff, sign up for our e newsletter. Yes. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. On iTunes. So they will actually start showing up and the ratings can show up. And remember, if you leave a review, you're going to get. Some sort of we, the scarves seem to be very popular. <laughs> so maybe an arrogant healthcare marketing bastard scarf. Or top or hat, perhaps. Or thong, perhaps. Or we'll do the thong. Th- awesome. That's what we're making. <laughs> yeah, the, our title of our show wouldn't even do fit on that. do man and woman thongs. Let's not. <laughs> Let's just not do that. <laughs> Adam brought it up. <laughs> it would be funny if our swag was like just totally inappropriate. Like, well, yeah, it should like be. Like a Band-Aid and a thong. And what else could you do? 
Other inappropriate items. Ear, like Q-tips or just things that are like people would never use. <laughs> I can't believe you just thought of a Q-tip. We went from a thong to a Q-tip. That people would, would not ever use or find value in. Some people a use handkerchief? Q-tips. So we, had, we would have anti-swag. Handkerchief. No, that's, that's actually a gift that people give. Is it? Yeah, sure. Seriously, those should be banned. They're gross. Oh, my gosh. Especially if you use them for a snot. That's good. That's nasty. Okay. That's great. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. All right. So we will talk to you next time for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards. This is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Retackle. And Adam Meyer. Thanks for joining us. 